peace of our Lord be with you. As you will, no doubt, have noticed, every once in a while, old Lex will just rear back and throw us a curveball. I'm talking about our old Sunday morning Bible passage picking friend, Lex Shinari. Take, for example, this morning's gospel lesson. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world today's lesson from Luke. And every time it rolls back around, I have a tendency to look the other way because it's just too hard to know what to say about what Jesus might have meant by what the writer of Luke's gospel reports that Jesus said in this morning's gospel lesson. The passage begins with a parable in which a manager is informed that he is about to lose his position. Upon learning that he soon will be without work, the man says to himself, what will I do? I am too weak to dig and too proud to beg. How will I make it once I lose this position? Whereupon, he hits upon an idea. He will call in those who owe debts to the owner for whom he works and adjust the accounting records to reduce their debt so that, hopefully, once he loses his position, they will feel obligated to help him out since he will have just helped them out by arbitrarily reducing their actual debt to the owner with nothing but the stroke of a pen. You owe my boss a thousand? Here, let's change that to 500. You owe my boss 200? Why don't we make that 100 and call it even? But don't tell anybody now, this deal's just for you. An effective plan for making friends, but also a less than truthful accounting of the facts. Which is why we are so bewildered when At the end of the parable, Jesus is reported by the writer of the Gospel of Luke to have said, the master of the dishonest manager, the owner for whom the manager worked, commended him, commended him for acting shrewdly Then Jesus goes on to say, according to the writer of the Gospel of Luke, 
For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. So I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal home. Which almost sounds as though Jesus is endorsing the actions of the manager in the parable. Leaving the rest of us to wonder what Jesus might have meant by that. As you might imagine, I've read from, oh, I don't know, seven or eight different commentaries this week to see what the experts have to say about all of that conservative and liberal Barclay to Buttrick. A lot of very brilliant, wonderful people twisting themselves into exegetical pretzels, <laughs> trying to make all of this make sense. Despite my deep appreciation for their well-intentioned efforts to make all of this make sense, I think it may be best to just be content to say out loud that we do not know what Jesus might have meant with those words he is reported to have said by the writer of the Gospel of Luke in this morning's Gospel lesson. The explanations that are presented are, are fine as far as they go. Some commentators say, oh, Jesus was being sarcastic. He said that tongue in cheek. Others say that the owner had been charging all of those people who owed him excessive interest. And so when the manager changed the records in the accounting book, he was just making right an injustice. Others say that the manager just subtracted his commission that he would have gotten from the debt, and therefore it was, in fact, a, a really unselfish act on his part. Uh, you know, folks, there comes a time when we have to say that we do not necessarily need to try to make some practical, personal meaning out of every verse of Scripture. We do have a rather narcissistic way of reading the Bible, don't we? What does every verse mean for us? What does every word have to say to me? It might be that asking every verse in the Bible to have some relevant personal meaning for each of us is to send the Bible on an errand that the Bible was never written to run. So perhaps there just isn't a hermeneutical bridge to be crossed from this parable to our lives. But it is in the Bible, so it leaves us to read it, 
And then once we've read it, how can you not talk about it? Because you certainly don't want people to go home thinking that Jesus endorses a less than truthful presentation of the facts in any situation for any reason. While I cannot speak for you, I find this passage to be among the most bewildering in the four Gospels. Largely because it is so hard to reconcile the Jesus who said in the Sermon on the Mount, let your yes be yes and your no be no, anything more than this comes from sin. With the Jesus who would give a wink and a nod to the less than truthful tactics of the manager in the parable who changed the plain facts to suit his own needs. All of which is why if the question is, what might Jesus have meant by his apparent endorsement of the shrewd manager's shrewd strategy? Careful speech requires me to say, I don't know. I do know, however, that we are all called to live lives of meticulously careful, rigorously truthful speech. Speech which, unlike the manager in this morning's parable, does not resort to shrewdness or cleverness, manipulation or deceit, even if that means that we don't win the argument, close the deal, or make the sale. Speech which is in the words of the Quakers, gentle and plain. Gentle as in kind, plain as in uncluttered by exaggeration or flattery, manipulation or deceit. Plain as in simply, clearly true which does circle back to the parable. I, I took this sermon on a long walk this morning, and at some point as we were walking along, it occurred to me that um, the people in the parable whose loan totals were reduced bear some responsibility in all this too. If the people in the parable whose loan totals were reduced by the manager had been people of meticulously careful speech, they would have said to the manager, thanks but no thanks. I owe that much. And right or wrong, <laughs> I've got to pay it. So I appreciate the gesture, but no, you can't reduce what I owe because it is, in fact, what I owe. That's the kind of practice 
that rigorously careful speech requires of us. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that comes from sin. It's what Jesus is reported to have said in another place. Amen.